Hey, welcome to our podcast. My name is Julian and I am the founder of Purpose. Listen, we are extremely excited and so honored that you have decided to join us today. Our desire is to point you to Jesus because we believe that our purpose is found in his presence. Now, we hope that you enjoy today's message and that it encourages you. Check it out. Hey, Purpose Family, listen, I have a word for you. Who's ready for the word today? I'm excited to preach the word. Let me just tell you, we've missed you. We've been thinking about you. We've been praying for you. I know it's been a minute, so I am excited to preach this word to you today. And just a lot of great things have been going on in my life and my wife's lives. And uh, we, we celebrated three years of marriage this past November. Praise the Lord. Three years down, forever to go. And now uh, in this season, in this year, my wife and I, we purchased, you know, uh, some fourplexes. And it's just been an amazing season. It's been a a fun and challenging experience. But, man, we are extremely blessed. And uh, we just seen the hand of God over our lives. Last year, if y'all remember, we declared the year of evidence for 2021. And how many can agree? I mean, if you're breathing right now, if you are listening to this message, I want you to know the Lord has been good. Can we agree on that? That one way or another, the Lord has been good. He's been faithful. That even in seasons where it feels uncertain, in seasons where it feels that the enemy is attacking with his full force, the Lord has been good. Amen. And let me just say this. If you feel that the enemy is attacking you, one of the things that I've learned about the enemy is that he will attack where he feels threatened. What I'm saying is he is threatened by your purpose and what you have inside of you. And so I want you to know that if the enemy is attacking you, it's because he feels threatened by you. He feels threatened by by what the Lord wants to do, not only in you, but through you. And so last year, we declared it to be the year of evidence. So can we thank God for just the the goodness of the Lord? His word says that I'm confident in this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And surely, surely the Lord has been good. I'm, I'm more than sure. You may say, but Julian, there's been so much opposition. But listen, the fact that we're breathing, the fact that we're alive here right now, that's more than enough to say that the Lord has been good. The fact that we have a job, the fact that we have a roof over our heads, a a vehicle to get us from A and B, and not only that, but maybe a good vehicle, the Lord has been good. Do not focus on the things that you're lacking because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to see everything that you're missing so you won't be grateful and praise God for the things that you do have. So let me tell you this, Purpose Family. Focus. Focus up. Do not do not magnify on the things that you feel that you are lacking. But praise God for the things that you do have. Amen. And this year, I want to let you know that this year, I felt it in my spirit and I shared it with my wife. That this year, for us, 
is a year of rebuilding. Now, hear me. I believe 2020 was a year of uncertainty. Okay. I truly believe that we didn't know what this COVID-19, how long it was going to last, what it was, the effect that it was going to have, not only in our physical body, but in our economy. We didn't know to what degree COVID-19 was going to affect. We just didn't know. I even remember telling one of my coworkers, I told him, look, man, I, I truly believe that in two weeks, this whole thing is going to blow over. And we're not going to need to wear any masks. We're not going to need to do anything like this. I, th I think in a couple of weeks, maybe a month, this is going to blow over. How wrong was I? <laughs> How wrong was I? Seriously, I, I thought it was going to blow over in about a month. But even to this day, we are being affected by it. It was a year of uncertainty. I truly believe that. Now, 2021, a lot of people, including pastors and, and, and just People in the faith declared it a year of rebuild. And although, listen, I agree with them. It's, it's, it's the word that they heard over their life, over their church, over the community. It was the year to rebuild 2021. I heard a lot of pastors, and especially pastor friends, that they said that 2021 was going to be a year of rebuild. But for me, I just felt it that what the enemy tried to lie or, you know, twist the truth in 2020, the Lord was going to not only prove his goodness, but he was going to disprove the lies of the enemy. And that's for our purpose family. That's for us, where I felt that 2021 was going to be the year of evidence. 2020, people lost their jobs. People lost a lot of things. But 2021, we're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to see the evidence of the Lord. And we, we explained that evidence works both ways. Evidence disproves the lies that somebody tries to persuade you to, know, to believe that it's actually the truth. But evidence can also play a factor in proving what is actually truth. And I truly believed that 2021, we saw the evidence of the goodness of God. We saw his faithfulness. My wife and I, we closed on the, on the fourplexes the last week of 2021. And I remember telling God, God, this is the last thing where I want to see the evidence of your goodness. Please, Lord, open a way. Because look, a lot of people see the fourplex and think it was an easy process. Y'all, if I can tell you the, the worry, the stress of even obtaining a fourplex, right? Because it's, listen, real estate. And if you're moving into a house, you know, it's, it's a scary investment. It's a good one. But it's scary, right? Rightfully so. It's a lot of money. <laughs> but I ask God, God, open a way. Because chances were we weren't going to be able to get these fourplexes. And God made a way. And, and I don't just believe that the year of evidence applied to the Reyes family. I believe that the year of evidence applied to you too. Amen. Now, 2022. We're here now that we have seen the goodness of God. Now that we know that his word is truth, that what he said will come to pass now because the Lord has spoken, has shown, listen, don't believe the lies of the enemy. Believe the word that I've 
that I've said over you. And if I and I if I gave you a word to do something, know that with my help, with the Lord's help, with the Lord on your side, you will see a victory. You will see the word of God come to pass. Now, this is the year of rebuilding. Oh, man, I, I get excited because this is the year to rebuild what the enemy tried to destroy, what the enemy came to attack your family, your mind, your heart, your peace, your sanity, every single thing that the enemy came to attack. We are going to rebuild and not to what it was before. Not to what it was in 2019 or early 2020 before the pandemic. I'm talking about building something stronger, a stronger faith, a stronger mentality, a stronger peace over our lives, a stronger relationship with the Lord, a stronger relationship with with our friends and family. I believe that God wants us to rebuild this year. Now, here's the thing. Last year, we emphasized on Psalms 27. This year is on the story of Nehemiah. If y'all don't know the story of Nehemiah, I encourage you, Purpose Family, to read the story, study it, because this is the word, this is the story that we are going to carry when things feel tough and when the enemy tries to still come and discourage you and try to destroy what you feel that God has called you to do. Because here's the thing. Just because the Lord said it and it will come to pass, it doesn't mean that there won't be opposition. It doesn't mean that people will not criticize. It doesn't mean that people won't try to come and discourage you to fulfill the purpose over your life. It doesn't mean that. Just because the Lord made a way doesn't mean that in the way there's going to be people that are trying that are going to try to stop you. The Lord makes a way and it takes faith and trust and obedience to walk in this path. But let me tell you something. Today, I want to focus really quick on the book of Nehemiah. Now, we're, we're going to read a, uh, a good amount of verses. So I want you to bear with me. So today, I've titled today's message because we have a burden, right? Like we, some of us, we, we've, we've entered this year with things that we want to do, things that we know that we need to change. And so today's title, today's uh, thought, I want to title it, what do I do with this? Have you ever asked yourself that? What do I do with this? God, you've given me this burden. You've given me this responsibility. You've given me this passion. What do I do with this? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your mercies that are renewed every single day. So I pray for every single person that is on the other side of this device, listening to this message, that whatever burden, whatever passion that they have, Lord, that you help them fulfill it, Lord. We ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I want to go into the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to 11. If y'all have your scriptures, great. If, if you don't, don't even worry about it. I got you. It says like this in verse one of Nehemiah chapter one, the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakilia, in the month of Kislev in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers came from Judah 
from uh, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province uh, in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been buried with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. Have you had any bad news even this year that you sat down and wept? That you sat down and got worried? That's why this is the year to rebuild. Because even Nehemiah experienced some bad news. He wasn't in Jerusalem, nor was he in Judah experiencing uh, this disgrace or this moment of discouragement. But when he heard the news, he got discouraged, he got worried, and he wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that is praying before your day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. There they are your servants and your people whom you are redeeming by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor. In the presence of this man, I was a cupbearer to the king. Let's stop there. I believe that this year, the, the Lord is going to give us burdens. Burdens to, to make a change. But he's going to give us a burden also to see things, what other people overlooked, what other people think that now nah, let, let somebody else handle it. The Lord is going to give us a burden to say, God, I, I I, heard some news that I didn't like. I heard that my friends are not believing in, in you anymore. I heard that my family no longer want to serve at church. I heard that my community is in ruins. I heard that this is going on in our, in our city. Give me a burden, God. And not only that, but give me favor. Give me favor when not only the people in this community, but give me favor with the leaders of the community. Nehemiah finished by saying, I was a cupbearer to the king. Okay, If you don't really uh, know the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah wasn't, well, at least it doesn't say the education that this man had, but it doesn't say that he went to uh, uh, 
to construction school. He wasn't a contractor. He didn't study right on carpentry. The Bible says that he was a cupbearer. However, he was a cupbearer with a burden to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I, I, I feel that the Lord wanted me to tell somebody that's not all you are. Okay, that's not all you are. There is more in you and there's more to you. I don't know if you have been questioning if God is really backing you or if this is something from God because whether of your educational background or your history or your family history, your ethnicity, whatever it is, I want you to know that that's not just who you are. There is more to you. You're not just somebody that came from a family that doesn't have an education. That's not who you are. You're not just somebody that works from nine to five. There's more to you. There's more that God has for you. That's not all who you are. There's more to you. Now, Nehemiah got word that the temple was being reconstructed, but the gates and walls were broken down. And he also, you know, he got word from from people that were coming from Judah, from and and they were actually rebuilding uh, the temple and reconstructing some buildings. However, the wall was still in ruins. He grew anxious because there was no protection for the temple. He wanted to protect. Listen, he wanted to protect the place where the presence of God resided. Let me ask you something. What area in your life needs protection? You see, we are trying to rebuild our relationship with God, but still allow the wrong people in our life. What area in your life needs protection? Some of us, man, we need to protect our mind, yet we are scrolling, looking at the gas prices, looking at all the things that are going on in the world. No wonder we're so overwhelmed. No wonder we're so uh, stressed because we, we, we weren't meant to hold all this information in our little minds. Sometimes you just have to log off and log in into the presence of God. I know that was cheesy, but that was for the people that love that like cheesy quotes. I'm telling you, you sometimes have to stop scrolling and stop worshiping. You got to start worshiping. He grew anxious because of the news that he got. Because his desire was to protect the place where the Lord's presence resided. So my question to you today is, what areas in your life do you need protection? Not only that, what areas in your life have you gotten a burden for? Have you gotten a burden for your family, for their salvation? Have you gotten a burden for uh, for children, for the community, whatever it is, for homeless people, whatever it is? I want you to pay attention to those burdens. But also, just like Nehemiah, I, I want you to ask yourself, what areas in my life do I need protection? 
What areas in my life are, am I allowing certain things that are hindering my relationship with the Lord, my perspective in life, and also my distance from people? What areas in your life need protection? Now, Nehemiah, the Bible says, uh, we're not going to read it, but if you continue reading after this prayer that Nehemiah said to the Lord, he goes on to, to, to ask the king, Artaxerxes, permission to go and build these walls. But here's the thing that I love about Nehemiah. The time where he got the notification that the walls needed rebuilding to the point where he asked his um, the king permission to go, it was about four months. It was about, He asked around April, around there. Scholars believe that he got word in December, but didn't really ask for permission in April. So my question is, what did Nehemiah do for four months? Look, my question is, what did, the, what did Nehemiah do with this burden? He got this burden to rebuild the walls. The first thing that he did, and something that we can learn from this, from the life of Nehemiah, because the question is, as the title says, right, what do I do with this? I have a burden for my family. I have a burden uh, for my community. I have a burden for my friends. I have a burden. I have a burden to do something significant with my life. So what do I do with this, God? What do I do with this? Jillian, I don't know what to do with this. I, I, I feel that I know that I, what I need to do, but what do I do with it? Number one, present it to God. That's my number one to you. That's my number one advice. Present it to God. Because I'll tell you this, when it comes from the heart of God, his hands will also follow. I'm going to say that again. When it comes from God's heart, his hands will follow. Do you hear me? If you have a burden from God, if, if this passion, if this burden came from the Lord, his hand will follow. And we'll do a series on this because I believe that this is this story is very powerful because there's a verse in in, in this book where, where Nehemiah says that this is that people will know that this job, this work was only be it was only able to be done with the help of God, because the hand of God was on it. Let me tell you something. When the hand of God is on it, that means he's working on it. Okay? That means that he will make a way. He will move things. He will bring people in. He will remove things so that that burden, that assignment, that purpose will come to pass, that it will be fulfilled. God softened the heart of the king. So that he would give permission to Nehemiah to go rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. The hand of God was on him. And that's an evidence that it came from God. That that burden that you're feeling right now to do something significant in your community, in your generation. Let me tell you the first thing that you got to do. You got to present it to God. Because Nehemiah, I believe that from the time that he got word that the walls of Jerusalem were burned down and, and broken to the point where he asked the, the, the king permission. Because sometimes, listen, one of the worst things that you can do is act 
is act prematurely in your purpose. Sometimes you got to spend time in prayer, in worship, fasting, seeking the Lord. If this is actually something that the Lord wants you to do, if if his hand is going to be on you, because let me tell you, the evidence of his hand is only a result that it came from his heart. When the Lord's hand is upon your life to fulfill an assignment, let me let me tell you this much. No matter what the opposition occurs or what, it, what will happen, there is no way that his assignment won't come to pass. The one that he's laid before your life. So the first thing you got to do is present it to God. The second thing is ask for a way and the means. Because look, Nehemiah, let's say for these four months, he was praying, he was fasting, he was seeking the Lord. He asked the Lord in this prayer for favor, for a way and a means to get there. Because when when Nehemiah asked the king, he said, can you give me a a, a letter where I can go in peace and nobody can stop where I'm going? Nobody can give me any hassle. And he gave them a letter. And not only that, he also asked for a letter so that they can also use some timber and some wood to rebuild this wall. And he gave it to them, to him. So here's the thing. Let me tell you something. Don't limit. Don't limit God's provision with your preference. This king was not a Christian. Sometimes God will bring the greatest provision and from the from some of the most least likely people in your life. Sometimes we will dismiss the provision and the blessings of God, or rather the way of God, because we see it one way. Because we we see it and 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 we think, oh, because these people love me and they they're my friends. It's the, that's the only way that I know God is going to bless me. No, no, no. The Lord will bless you and the Lord will provide for you. The Lord will make a way even with people that you least expected. Don't allow your preference hinder God's provision. Because the Lord will use everybody and anything to make sure that his purpose comes to pass. So don't limit God just because the way he gives it to you is not the way you, you pictured it. So ask for a way and ask for the means. But here's the thing. When you ask for the way or you ask for the means to fulfill it, that burden, don't ask how. Ask, Just ask, God, give it to me. And give me the discernment to know that this is from you. Here's the other thing. What do I do with this? What do I do with this burden? You ask for a way and the means. And another thing is, you get the right people around you. Listen, we've heard this before. It's nothing new under the sun. You can't do this alone. You can't do this on your on your own. Jesus, 100% man and 100% God, chose to, to have 12 disciples to teach them, to walk with them, to assist him. Not that he, Jesus needed him or needed them, but Jesus was giving a picture that we weren't meant to do life by ourselves. We weren't meant to fulfill these great things from God by ourselves. It's if you do it on your own, you run the risk of a couple of things. Number one, 
you run the risk of burning out. That burden has now become a burnout. And you got you to gotta be careful with that. But, with your, but if you have a burden with the right people, then those are a blessing. Let me tell you something. There will always be opposition when you are doing the work of God. Always, all the time. Having the right people not only helps you to fulfill it, but it helps you to be encouraged. One great example and one great story is when Moses is on the hill and Aaron and her are helping him raise his hands because that was the only way that they were going to win the battle, which is something crazy in of, it, in of itself. Moses had people. Moses had two people that were helping him to conquer the battle. Get the right people around you. And the last thing, and this is probably the most spiritual thing you will hear today. Here's the last thing that I'll tell you. What do I do with this? What do I do with this burden? What do I do with this uh, passion and this thing that I feel that the Lord has asked me to do? Get to work. <laughs> Get to work. Really, listen, a desire or a burden is not enough. I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry if, I, if I'm bursting your bubble, but it's not enough. To just have a passion, to just have a burden or a desire, you have to do something about it with what God placed in you. Listen, I can have the desire to look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson every day, to have a six-pack like him, to have biceps like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But have I never hit the gym? It will never come to pass. I can have a desire to have a relationship with the Lord. I can have a burden to do something in my community. But if I don't do anything, nothing is going to happen. This is the type of faith in James. That faith without works is dead. I don't know about you, but I know that if God is calling me to do something, if, I, if God has given me a burden, I have to put in the work. If I want a better relationship with my wife, guess what? It's not going to happen overnight, nor it's going to happen just because I want it. It's going to happen because I'll be intentional with it. It'll happen because I'll put in the work. Does that make sense? So if you have a burden, my final advice to you is get to work. Do something about it. Find the right people. Pray, present it to God, ask God for a way and the means to fulfill your assignment. But don't just stay there. Don't stay in the desire. Don't stay in the burden. Get to work. Do research. Ask the Lord. Talk to people. Whatever you do, do anything. But whatever you do, do not sit on the couch and expect God to do all the work. A desire and a burden is not enough, y'all. You got to get to work. There is a generation that needs Jesus. There is a generation that needs you to say yes, but it also needs you at your best. Now, I believe that God has an assignment with your name on it. You do have a purpose. 
if you are living and breathing right now, I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that you have an assignment over your life that needs to be done. You have a purpose over your life. And I'm here to pray with you. And I'm here to pray for you. And I believe that you were placed in this time, in the place that you're actually listening to right now, for a reason. And here's the thing. If you have a burden for another city, pray for the means. Pray First of all, give it to God. Place it in the Lord's hands. Ask for a way in the means. Talk to the right people and get to work. If you're in a city and the Lord's calling you to another city, get to work. I truly believe that that's going to happen. That that could happen. It happened with Nehemiah. But whatever you do, don't stay where you are. Can I pray with you? Father, thank you for those that are listening to this message. And those that have a burden for something, I ask, Lord, that they present it to you, Lord. They, they place it in your hands, God. That as they ask for the means, that they have the faith that you will give them the favor to fulfill their purpose. Father, I pray for the right people over their life that will speak life, that will also, Lord, help them build what you've called them to build, to rebuild, Lord, what the enemy tried to destroy. And at the end of the day, Lord, for us to have the type of faith that we put into action. Father, we thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We want to thank you again for joining us today. We hope that that message was a blessing to your life. We also want to thank everyone who give generously to this ministry. Look, our goal is to reach people from all over the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And with your help and your contribution, we are able to reach people and expand this ministry. So if you'd like to give today, the link is found in the description. We are grateful that you would partner up with us today. Would you help us share this message with a friend? or share it on your social media story. And if you'd like, tag us. We'd love to connect with you. And remember, you have a purpose over your life. Have a blessed week.